I want to spend my <laughs> lifetime. I was waiting for I just you. want to set the world on if fire. That is greetings and salutations and welcome once again <laughs> to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time from the digital safe house. We are, of course, your number one, allegedly number one podcast for anything comic book related. I am the Azorian one, Anthony Steve, sitting in the uh, MC captain's chair, uh, control room, whatever you want to call it here. I have no idea. I'm running out of words to say. And But yes, I am the Azorian one, Anthony Steve, and you can follow <laughs> me on all social media platforms under, of course, the Azorian one. And if you need to figure out how to spell it, just, just look up the Azores and... You know, that'll help you out, okay? Those of you saying, what's the Azores? You've been listening to this show for seven years. You should know already what the Azores are. If you're new, I'll do you a get bonus. get a reprieve. I'll get a reprieve and I'll do a bonus episode on it. <laughs> I am joined by my TCC cohort. She is the Amazonian warrior queen of this group, and she is... Amy, you can find me at iJaneURobot on all the varying social media platforms. We're not dead. This is this must be the, the second one I'm aiming for. I might punch my time card a little more consistently <laughs> on the podcast. But the podcast. The, pod, the, pod, the podcast. <laughs> on the podcast. On the podcast. I, I need, yeah. Oof. It's okay, Amy. It's fine. It's all right. Amy oh, and I, again, are joined by friend of the show, uh, film guru, film buff, the professor of things cinema. He is... I am Eddie Van Weva, host of the Film Philosophers podcast. Um, I think Amy's getting a little mixed up because she was too busy making accents before the show started. It was and, good. Uh, the problem is it is too late for Amy and she is having trouble keep holding back the dam on compartmentalizing things. So <laughs> mind you also what, I Amy, don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Amy also interns over at our show. So we are used to this type of uh, demeanor. Yes. At this time of night. So it is It is very much a comfortable setting. I love the frantic look of Amy right now, especially right? when she said she was aiming. No one sees it. <laughs> ah, well, it is a... Uh, now you understand that it's an audio podcast. I had, asked her, I had asked her a question the other day, and I said, how many times had you seen a movie? And she goes, mm, sticks out a hand with five fingers. <laughs> and I'm like, no one's oh, you want to say how many that number is? So... We have fun. We yeah, have, we have and we're going to have fun today. We're, we're going to have fun we today. We are going to have fun. We got some things to talk about, especially two big reviews on the latest from Marvel Studios and Disney+. Plus. First being the huge blockbuster motion picture, Black Widow, starring Scarlett mm -hmm. Johansson as Natasha Romanoff. Mm -hmm. And after that, we'll go on to the entire series, as well as the season finale of our favorite god of mischief, Loki. So we're going to talk about both those big Marvel figures in this episode. Uh, but of course, in case you're wondering, always remember that this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerd On Nation, which is powered by Patreon. Patreon. The Nerd On Nation allows us to keep the lights on and up our quality. As a member of the Nerd On Nation, for as little as $1 to $5 a month, you get early access to episodes, a Discord community that is always popping. Of course, that is nerdon.io slash Discord. Bonus episodes and so much more. You can check all that out at nerdon.io slash 
Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> and of course, for anything related to the Capeless Crusaders and Nerd On, you can head on over to thecapelesscrusaders.com. Whoa. What I say? Yeah. Thecapelesscrusaders.com. Okay. Your hub. Thank you. Your home away from home for all things Crusaders. Thought I said something else instead of .com. Your hub well, for com, all things com, Crusaders. Com, com. From there, you can find Good night, everybody. all our content <laughs> as well as the rest of the Nerd On podcast family. That is, of course, thecapelesscrusaders.com. Um, need to... Commercial. Take care of my uh, web browser. No, no. Fingerprints. Fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> Great Animaniacs reference. Well done. Oh, you guys are good. <laughs> well, I'm glad I bumbled and stumbled through that and, you know, confused our website with some other sites on my web browser. Um, moving forward, <laughs> how's everyone feeling? That's great. Uh, before we get to our main topics, which of course are Black Widow and Loki, we like to do a little thing we do where we get around a, a, a table, which we don't have because we're all looking at each other through Zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Zoom, whatever it is. We can say their name. I've been tired of using them anyway. I mean, hi, Zoom. Thanks. <laughs> Thumbs up. Sponsor us, please. (laughs) (laughs) Recording stopped. We're going to have a little shtick, our little moment, a little thing we call Around the Horn. Wait, did we ever change it from. No, we we, changed it from the General Lee? No, we still got the General Lee. We still got the General Lee going. We got to fix that. You know, it's, uh, you know, yeah, I know. Are you going to fix it? But usually I mock it by doing the Southern accent right after it. You know, like if I were to say something like, oh, here that man Gates, he's one smart son of a gun, which is false because he's not. So that would, you know, all right, that's what I would usually do. But I didn't. So, so, so fuck me. Oh, I tell you what. <laughs> there he is. Thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That Azorian one. He, he that really, boy right there, yeah, he's a good, he's a, he's a big one. Yeah, he kind of, he kind of messing up right now. He's he, he, he a little dark in the skin, but you know what? It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> that boy been hitting the head with the apples too many times. Eyes going both in different directions, but you know he pretty good. He do good. <laughs> oh my god! One too many good night, everybody. One too many <laughs> moments in that backyard wrestling. <laughs> anyway, we around the horn is where we go around. A circular table, which we don't have because, again— You said like, horn, right? With an N? Horn. Horn? Okay, just, just making sure. Around the <laughs> go, around horn. The, around the horn. Okay, enunciate, just, Anthony. Enunciate. You've done this show for seven years. Come on. Just, making sure, this isn't a new, just making sure this isn't a new segment. You just know saying. what? Around the horn, we talk about the shit we've been reading. That's what we're going to talk about. Okay? <laughs> there you go. Shit we've been reading, shit we've been watching, shit we've been listening to, whatever it is. I don't care. It's all uh, shit. I'm going to go first in case I mess up even more so I can take a break and you two can see what you're reading or watching or listening to or viewing on the side of the road. Oh, uh, yeah. I have two things I've been reading. Uh, one has been a usual a nighttime reading for my boys. And Aww. that is Ultimate Spider-Man Miles Morales from 2011, written by Brian Michael Bendis and art by Sarah Picelli. I think I said that mm-hmm. right. Um We've gone through the first 11 issues so far, which uh, is loosely what inspired the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse animation, which was funny because reading some of these panels, the boys are like, that didn't happen in the movie. I'm like, you're right, boys, but this <laughs> was first, then came the movie. They're like waiting for Peter and Gwen to show up. I'm like, easy, it's not the Spider-Verse. It's just Miles' story. So it, it's really well done. The art's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The origin story of Miles Morales 
Uh, I didn't know how they'd handle the part where, you know, Peter Parker dies because unlike Spider-Verse, there's, you know, there's no other Peter Parker that comes in. Jackson, being the Peter Parker fan, took it well, took it fine. Uh, Mile, um, Thomas, who is my, uh, Miles Morales fan, was a little annoyed when he wore the Halloween costume because it was the red and blue. And Thomas is like, where's the black and red one, Dad? What's this? I'm like, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, it was nice to see that the Avengers are the ones who get him his black and red suit uh, with my boy, of course, Mr. Stark showing up. And the boys like seeing Daddy's character pop up. And uh, no, it was it's my first time reading the whole thing. I had not gotten issue 11 yet. Um, so we read it all entirely every, you know, an issue a night. And uh, they enjoyed it, enjoyed it very much. Uh, we are left off with Uncle Aaron uh, almost setting up Miles and Miles saying he's never working with him again after they both caught uh, the scorpion. And uh, we go from here. And Tommy thought 11 was the last issue. And when he saw 12 pop up, he's like, there's more? I'm like, he's your comic, son. They're going to keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> going to keep on going, son. Just <laughs> like, like taxes and death, they never stop. Exactly. <laughs> he was ready for it to end. And he's like, more? Welcome, son. Welcome mm-hmm. to the Church of Comics. Come on in. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and my second uh, reading was when I did not read to the kids because they can't read this yet. I read from my omnibus one, hack slash girls gone dead. Yes, we need uh, to get you omnibus two, man. I know. I need. I need. A, <laughs> I need to. I was already. I know. I need to get. Uh, there's three of them. There? I need to get all three. There's three. There's three of them. And I think Tim Seeley just put this whole special, like, huge thing that has all the omnibuses together. Which is just blowing my the multi, which is just blowing my mind. Tim Seeley just wants my money, and he knows I'll happily give it to him. Um, Exactly. (laughs) So I read "Girls Gone Dead." Um, I was feeling in the Halloween mood already. I know it's middle of July as we're recording this, but after the Fourth of July, I'm like, all we got is Labor Day before Halloween. I'm like, what's Labor Day? Come on, shoot! It's it's Memorial Day light. I'm sorry. Are you kidding? After Halloween. Just like Christmas, the countdown begins. It is 365 days until the next Halloween. Thank you. It is always on. Thank you. Always on. Thank you. So I, I've already been in the mood. Uh, there was a little breeze this morning, so I put on my robe and maybe had you know a pumpkin feeling. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. May have watched a horror movie or two. Who knows? Um, side note, Freaky is on HBO Max as we speak. You need to watch that movie with Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the one with uh, Vince Vaughn. And, uh, oh, my God. Her name. I forgot. You did so good in that movie. Mm. Anyway, Freaky is on HBO Max, <laughs> but back to what I was reading. Um, so my favorite horror, comic horror heroine, Miss Cassie Hack, and her sidekick, Vlad, big hunking, you know, just six foot five, disfigured face behemoth, make their way to Florida during spring break because someone is murdering spring breakers. And this this figure is tall, wears a... You know, an expressionless mask, not Michael Myers, no. Long blonde hair and wears a crucifix and is known as Father Wrath. And he's murdering um, spring breakers with a huge gold cross. Like, 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 I don't know, like maybe like 25 inches long or something. He's murdering them because- He's of, a the Pope. He's a the Pope. Um, he's a the Pope. Hey, you spring breakers, you don't do this no more. And then he- <laughs> I don't think he has an entire Match. accent, but he may have been southern. <laughs> but, uh, but basically, this figure is murdering spring breakers, and Cassie Hack and Vlad are on the scene to stop this slasher. Um, it was good. I, I enjoyed the Cassie Hack stories. Those of you who follow mm-hmm. us on Twitter know very well that one of my dreams is to 
adapt Hackslash into a TV series, a streaming series. Um, like, it's still a dream I'm trying to chase. Uh, Tim Seeley, Robert Rodriguez, and uh, Jason Blum from Blumhouse. If you're listening, hi, I got a great idea for you. <laughs> Just saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's it, it plays with the whole Girls Gone Wild because it came out in October 2004. So it's Girls Gone Wild stuff going yeah. on while Cassie's trying to blend in with the girls she hates the most. And horror and gore ensue as Cassie and Vlad attempt to stop Father Wrath. And that is my synopsis of Hackslash Girls Gone Dead. Um, there you go. Amy, did you have anything you like to bring up? Bring up? <laughs> <laughs> is there something I'd like to bring up and around the horn? Something to bring up? Uh, <laughs> you just bring up that um, <laughs> So as far as it goes for comic books, I have been not the best at keeping up with um my paper collection so i need to do that um i've been holding pretty close to well i did two things so i'll talk about it i listened to a book book nice Mm. like fully okay shazam not shazam sorry Um, there's a book book on shazam that, I mean, there's several a couple actually. Yeah, 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 you're there's right. There's a couple. <laughs> Both of us are, were all like, yeah, no. Um, so I went through and actually listened to the 40th or 50th anniversary of American Gods. No, it's, nice. It's got to be 20 something. It might be the 20th, 20th anniversary. Yeah. 20th anniversary, American Gods. Um, so it had uh, General Stryker playing uh, Mr. Wednesday. Brent Cox? Sound of oh, wait, I'm sorry, Brian Cox. I'm sorry. Ori- well, he, original X Men. Death and uh, he played Death and uh, Good Omen. So yes, good call. Yep. Um, so I listened to that and it was awesome. And I mean, let's just I be pre- honest. Steve just wanted to say Cox. So, I, did, I, mean, I, did, I did. I did. I did. I did. Dot com. Goals. 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 So. So I finished that. So I did that because now I work a government job and I need to do things like <laughs> listening. Um, and then the other thing that I did is, of course, I'm staying up to date on my webtoons of Laura Olympus. Of course, if oh, you haven't yes. heard me keep singing that song, uh, it's a song that'll keep on repeating. Um, is this like Lamb Chops variation or something? What's, what's going on? This is the yes. song that happens. Yes, um, but so... <laughs> Laura Olympus, and then I actually started going back and revisiting one of my favorite um, webtoons from a creator in Hawaii. It's called Gourmet Hound. And so mm. the concept is that there is Did they a restart woman- that? No. They completed it. Okay. That's what I was going to say. I said I'm revisiting it. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> Put the weapon down. <laughs> I got the Italian hand. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> Euro 2020 champions, Italy. Yay! Okay, look. By nice that being, that being. Oh my god. <laughs> so Lucy, a woman with an uncanny sense of taste and smell, discovers that her favorite restaurant has changed kitchen staff, and she does not know the identity of the chef whose cooking she loved for years. When a lucky accident leads her to two former chefs, she decides that she will do her utmost to track down each of their old colleagues in order to rediscover that perfect taste. Uh, well, hold, hold, hold the phone. No, no, no. The restaurant closes. Yeah, but it, it changed it staff change. first. Well, shh, yeah, because they let everybody go. No one's going to stick around I, after the I, walls are boarded shh, up. I, like, shh. hey, we're going to still make the linguine. Okay, come in. Oh, wait, because the linguine. Hey, hey, where's the risotto? Where's the risotto, huh? 
I like he and I are like, hey, bubba da boop. And I went right to a Stanley Tucci movie. Sorry. There you go. Oh, Stanley. Big night. But it's also. No, but uh, your your choice, uh, Gourmet Hound, is actually a really good one. I, I was reading it around the same time you were because you had mentioned it to me. Because Webtoons uh, is an opportunity to discover small creators, creators and, yeah. and indie creators and support them where we have one. And I keep breaking down that Laura Olympus. I know Doc is reading it. Um, mm. They are going to publish. They're publishing their first volume in October. And their second volume is being published in February, and I believe Dark Horse is the one that's picked up on that again. And then there was another one, um, Space Boy, which has been picked up for print um, by Dark Horse as well. So this is just a great opportunity and medium for you to support some indie creators and creatives, find something you like, something you don't, and then tell me that I'm wrong. It'll be great. You're wrong. Do I, I, I don't know. You just said tell me that I'm wrong, so I'm just telling you. Um. <laughs> What about so you? Me, yeah, what about me, you? Me being you. the film guy. Yeah. Eduardo. You know, I, I, Eduardo. I, I, I am still very much a nerd. So mm-hmm. there are things, there are comics that I read as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I read uh, recently um, was the actual first volume of Sweet Tooth. Nice. Um, prior to the actual Netflix show coming out, I wanted to check out what it was about, what, you know, kind of get a gist of it, uh, you know, and written and drawn by Jeff Lemire. Yep. I mean, you, you, you have a really unique art style combined with very... Very, very unique storytelling styles, and it was such a, a a a it was such a fantastical and whimsical yet still dangerous world that it created. That uh, I'm actually anxious to get into volume two. I haven't had a chance to go back and pick up volume two, but um, I I haven't actually as well seen the series, so I don't know how much it parallels to that. Robert Downey Jr. Um, oh, sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I had a sneeze. You, you had go. it all up in there. <laughs> all up in there. Um, I'm anxious too because I actually do want to give give it a chance. However, um, I've already reread the full volume like twice just because it's that good. Mm. Um, the very crude art style of it, coupled with very dramatic uh, uh, panels and and creating a very uh, uh, contrasting look of what was to what is now. Um, basically, there's this virus that gets let loose or something to that effect and it begins to kill people um and as it's deteriorating people it is also creating these uh these birthings of humans that are very animal like almost to the sense most of them are more animal than human and so they become hunted and prized possessions and like trophies and uh everything's kind of based around this young boy who's been hidden on this preserve uh by his father and his father has called him Sweet Tooth the entire time because he likes chocolate. Mm. Um, so it, it's a great story. It's definitely a very unique, not for the the not for the youngers, uh, not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's definitely got rough edges uh, in terms of certain story arcs that are a little bit more harder to swallow than others. Um, but overall, it's a great uh, tale in that first volume. So I'm anxious to pick it up again. Nice. Um, the other thing, I have actually was reading something else, uh, which is another wonderful horror comic. Uh, released by the DC Black Label, mm-hmm. and that's The Nice House on the Lake. Yeah. Um, if you've had a chance to read that story, it's, I believe there's only one issue out, or I think the second issue has already dropped. Good. Um, but the first issue is such a huge twist. The, the beginning of it kind of throws you because essentially this woman is out on this blind date with this guy, and the first major question he asks her is, if you know, how would you destroy the world or how would you like the world to be destroyed? How would you like the world to be destroyed? 
And she kind of takes it off as a joke. But then since she's had a bad string of luck with dates, she decides to go with it and gives a really unique answer. And apparently he likes it because he ghosts her and then comes back years later, invites her to this kind of uh, coming together at this house where nobody has a name. They're all just their titles. Like it's the artist, the accountant, um, the architect, things like that. The Azorian one. Yeah. Exactly. The Azorian one. You get it. You were there. House on Haunted um, Hill? No. Uh, but because they, they come to this they come to this lake house. Guy in the back says, Papa, the bang. Okay. <laughs> the guy's name is Walter. And Walter shows up and he's like, hey, there's plenty of food, plenty of drink, plenty of whatever you need here. Enjoy yourselves. And but nobody can get cell service. And then somebody finds out that the world is actually destroying around the lake house. Oh shit. And the entire planet is essentially burning to the ground in war and in fire and in chaos and people are dying. And Walter's like, well, I like you guys. So I wanted you to be saved. So let's stay here. And that's how it ends. The first issue. He did uh, it. All of us are literally like, did it. what? <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I'm anxious to pick up the second issue because I want to see where it picks up. Cause it picks up where everybody's mouth is just on the floor, draw jaw drops, you know, everybody's kind of like, oh, what the hell? What is happening? Thinking so, of Keegan-Michael Key. Say what now? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's a great comic. It's a great, unique read. If you like horror, this is definitely in your vein of uh, of readings. Nice. And uh, I definitely recommend that one. I'm pretty sure the second one is just as good as I haven't had a chance to read it. But yeah. Awesome. Very nice. That, that is intriguing as hell. That, great round like, the horn. Right? And that was just like a great drop that... Shoot, that yep. woof. I, I liked you guys, so you're here with me now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> we can't segue that. No. We're segue it. It's okay. It's, it's all right. I like the, I like the way mic dropped. Speaking like of worlds crumble, let's talk about black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was waiting for speaking of mic drops or something terrible with the word drop in it. Well, since we already know where we're heading to, to my <laughs> intro, um, it's time to go into our main topic. And we're we'll covering, as I said, two of the most recent uh, projects from Marvel Studios and Disney Plus. The first being the theatrical and Disney Plus release of Black Widow, yep. a movie we've been waiting for for. Ever. Ever. We were going to get it in 2020, but this thing had happened. And like, mm, but mm. like, you know, Black Widow kind of deserved the her movie. The world caught a cold. So. The world caught a cold. You're right. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Black Widow kind of deserved her story. Maybe a few years before that, but we won't get into it. We'll, we'll, we'll just say. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Uh, so the synopsis of Black Widow, these are, this movie, of course, takes place after the events of Captain America's Civil War, where Cap is on the run, Cap and Bucky on the run, uh, mm-hmm. Hawkeye, Ant-Man, all of them are in the, um, oh my God, I forgot the name of the prison all of a sudden. The Raft. The Raft, thank you. Of course, the easiest <laughs> thing to call it, Anthony. With the-, <laughs> the Raft. <laughs> um, and we are following Natasha, who is now going rogue, because she was with Tony, but let... Cap and Bucky get away, so that puts her in, you know, bad. That puts her on the naughty list, mm-hmm. and uh, she's on the run, and in doing so, she ends up discovering these uh, evil methods being used, uh, These this vial being um, 
being stolen and eventually leads her back to her her old family, which is her sister and her, I'm using air quotes, mom and dad. Mom and dad. And we find out that the old red room where Natasha was trained many, many, many years ago that we got a glimpse of in Avengers Age of Ultron is not dead and gone like she thought it was. Don't, don't, don't. That's my uh, synopsis without giving away the plot because we'll give away the plot in our descriptions of uh, spoilers. What, or spoilers there. Spoilers. So, first things first. Um, you're the realist. Huh? You're the realist. I'm the first realist. First, yeah, first things realist. first. I'm the realist. Um, I have always I've enjoyed Scarlett Johansson as Natasha ever since she first appeared in Iron Man Two, um, when she's popped up. Uh, with Nick Fury keeping an eye on Tony. Um, I think she's fantastic at the role. I've wanted, ever since we got that glimpse of her nightmare in Age of Ultron, I've always wanted to see more about Black Widow's past and and history. And um, I was happy to see this movie coming out. I was let, you know, it was disappointing when it didn't come out in 2020, but understandable why it didn't. Uh, so I was really excited to see it finally get released this year. We caught it on Disney Plus, um, and you know, I for the most part, I I I enjoyed the ride. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the relationships uh, between Natasha and her sister Yelena. Yelena, excuse me. Uh, I thought Scarlett and Florence were a great matchup. Uh, why do you do the post thing? Why do you always do the post? Why do you always do the thing? <laughs> Which makes me laugh when I see that. With the hair. With the hair. Why you do the hair? Why do disgusting? Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) Right off the bat, that's the first thing I could tell you that I really thoroughly enjoyed was their relationship. Uh, From the the Jason Bourne style of the way they met, uh, (laughs) that fight scene, to their relationship then on. So I really uh, enjoyed that part of it. Uh, Anything else, uh, Amy, what you loved? And again... More than one we'll talk about, but one of the things you loved. Um, definitely the the expansion of the Red Room. So, of course, being able to see it this time in a more realized way, because if you've been following the MCU for any long time, of course, we do get a hip-hop into a very young version of the Red Room with uh, with Miss Peggy Carter and Agent Carter. That's right. Where we actually get the Howling Commandos and the Red Room at the same time. Um, so we see it in its infancy and how it's progressing that way. And so this was really interesting, um, the way that it was realized again. And then also the um, the family, the, the family, air quotes, dynamic that we see um, and how they bounce off each other as foils against um, Scarlett Johansson's Natasha. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really interesting to see and yeah, there's a lot of like quippy one-liners. There's things that you wouldn't think would be funny that just turn out to kind of be weirdly funny. Also, the pigs are really cute. <laughs> there's very cute pigs, <laughs> including when they're being mind controlled. <laughs> mind control pigs. Mind control pigs. Eddie, what was something you were enjoying out of Black um, so just to preface, I, I haven't been as big of a fan of Natasha Romanoff's character. I know that there's a lot of people out there. I know there there are a lot of people I know personally who saw Black Widow as a as a very 
um, unique and 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 very uh, iconic role to them. And and mind you, you know, to each his own. I, I'm I didn't see enough of Natasha Romanoff to give more attention to because of the fact that it always seemed like they were hinting at more, but it never gave us more. Um, so coming into this, um, the bar was kind of already at a low point. Um, just because I wanted to know more, but I didn't expect much because just seems like Marvel didn't really have a heavy emphasis on female superheroes. Mm-hmm. So we get this movie, and and I think one of the one of the best things to come out of it is the 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 sense of drive that Natasha has and kind of the 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 credence, if you will, of what she's entering into when it comes to the majority of like phase four. Um, as we get Natasha coming back from Civil War, we get Infinity War, we see we see a new sense of her, even even after the the dusting, and we see a lot of the the heaviness that she holds, a lot of this gave more credence to those scenes and allowed us to, I mean, if, if I had the chance to go and revisit, you know, Infinity War and Endgame and so forth, I'm more than certain that a lot of those scenes that we see her in have a, a more, have more gravity added to it in terms of the sense of loss, the sense of determination, the sense of longing, um, even the sense of, of resolve when it comes to making decisions for those people she loves most. The need of a family. Exactly. It, it changes the dynamic of the character vastly because, for one, Natasha has always been the B character for most films. Yeah. Um, whether if it's Avengers or Iron Man 2 or any anything that she's been a part of, mm-hmm. um, it has always been, well, this is Natasha. She has a past. There's stuff that happened. We're going to give you glimpses of it, but we're not going to give you enough to really have something to chew on. Um, and I think this really allowed us the opportunity to see not only kind of where she came from, but how she resolves that part of her life. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah. didn't really like it? Didn't have a favorite part? No, that was my favorite part. That Just whole, that whole, <laughs> Lord <I'm> above. <laughs> Take the tuna cans off your ears so you can hear me. They're Great my thing. headphones. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I got to say another thing was, of course, uh, Alexi, played by Mr. David Harbour, uh, Red Guardian, uh, that that whole, uh, he's he's always good in everything he's in. Um, so whether it's Stranger Things or, or Hellboy, um, but seeing him there, and of course, Miss Rachel Weiss is Melina. I mean, those two played off each other very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Winstone is always a good bad guy. Uh, he ever since ever since the departed, when he was Jack Nicholson's right hand man, um, I've always liked him. Um, I, I really I loved the intro of how she got away, how she fooled um, Ross. Uh, how yeah, he, they yeah. thought they had her in that area, and she's already somewhere else. Like, oh, she's she's not even in the same place you are in the very beginning of the movie. You mean Drakov? No, no, uh, yeah, no, no, Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt, Ross, in the big, at, the, at the very, very beginning, very oh, at the beginning. very, very beginning. It's like a okay. week, or it's like days oh, yeah. after she yeah. after uh, the Sokovia, yeah, exactly. Okay, and thank you. Hey. Sorry, my brain's like, which general are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the the asshole can't catch Hulk. That guy. There you go. <laughs> which really quick, uh, yep. quick backtrack. Ray Winston has always had a huge impact in uh, in cinema, even with um, 
his uh, voice acting performance in Beowulf. If you guys remember, yes. he is Beowulf. Yes. Or, or I am Beowulf, however you the whatever. But uh, Ray Winston has always been a, a pivotal English actor in just about everything that he's done, um, from Cold Mountain to mm-hmm. The Departed to Beowulf. Um, Boars so, in uh, King Arthur with Clive Owen. Yes, yep. exactly, exactly. Um, so it, it's it's good to see him kind of come back because I haven't seen him in a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see him be like, kind of inhabit those grunty roots of his in terms of uh, being that chaotic madman who has everything, you know, in that low temple. Mm-hmm. So, oh God, I forgot. I just I just remembered uh, my, my actually my favorite scene of all in the entire movie is when it's Natasha and Drakov, and she is taking his punches and she's just making fun of him the whole time. I that mm-hmm. was Natasha at her most badass was in those moments where she takes his hits and she's mocking him with his hits and he mm-hmm. thinks he has her in that moment when she's like you just don't you just don't hit hard enough and then she breaks her own nose. I'm like she 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 just went action hero badass. She she's she just went McLean and Riggs on Dracov right now. I'm like, okay, okay, Natasha, mm-hmm. this is me right now. With that, that I loved that entire scene. Just the minute yeah. she started like laughing at his punches, I'm like, I literally was like, oh, okay, all right, I like this. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Was the way that was it, it was it was definitely an opportunity to see her at what we had initially learned about her, like her ability to work in espionage, work in spycraft. She was a trained assassin that is that has been taught how to survive. Mm-hmm. And in instances where we've seen her with those scene with Loki, where she uses her emotion to get him to fess up to what's going on, to when she's tied up in that chair, you know, on the phone, like I, I you know, I almost got him, you yeah. know, cracked. He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, things almost like got that. me. Exactly, <laughs> and, and and we get that that we got small instances there, but this film had the opportunity to kind of bring that into full bloom mm-hmm. of that espionage-esque part of her where coupled with her you know badassery of of being a superhero which she is mm-hmm. you you create almost this super spy who is beyond James Bond in every sense of the way um and and it it creates a really good performance for her to shine in that role i think you're you're you hit it on the head that scene in itself was the first time we were able to see Black Widow in full bloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was. Uh, she delivered as uh, the Bond born MC- for the MCU, basically, mm-hmm. with this one. Uh, so, with that said, what did we not enjoy? What issues did we have? Um, I'm going to let you guys go first because I'm still trying to figure out if what I didn't. But <laughs> yeah. Amy, please. Yeah, n- no wincy eye here. So. <laughs> As wonderful as the opportunity was to give Natasha Romanoff the space to let the layman, if we call it, like let everyone kind of know where she came from, this movie is way too late in the timeline, way too late in the phases. The way that it's shot and the way that it kind of expresses itself, and I know Eddie will probably expand on this, it needed to be further up. Um, There's, it's just... I can't even say it's too little too late because it was literally Disney. Disney did her dirty. Marvel did her dirty. And while the movie itself is good, 
much like the Star Wars saga, you're going to have to rearrange the timeline to put this where it needs to go correctly. And that is such a great disservice to the actors, to the writers, and to the people that worked on this film to give Natasha the opportunity to show who she was. We already know she's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's not even a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally, it's not even, she first shows up in, what, Iron Man 2, so 2010. Mm-hmm. It took a decade, over a decade, for this woman to get her mm-hmm. her side, it's not even a full origin story. Mm-hmm. And then in seeing it, we get some, we get, and I and I'd have to literally watch Civil War to be able to put this in correct perspective because there's parts of it where Scarlett Joe is acting so wooden that she's like trying to be tough, trying to be tough. And it's not the Natasha that you see in spurts where she's interacting with, with, um, with Cliff. Like mm. it's, it's really frustrating. And then the sequence with Drakov in the, in the room, it's like, it is, it's her and her full badass. She's fully bloomed. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these other spaces where I'm like, give me more. Mm-hmm. I, I I need more. Um, while there are great, like, rally around it moments, this felt like, to me, um, kind of Marvel's way of going, oh, yeah, we heard you. You 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 want to know about this, the woman, the woman that's in the Avengers. Like, she was there from the beginning, from mm-hmm. conception. You want to mm-hmm. know She's about She's one of the original it. six. Like we we should we've done everybody else right so after a decade she's she's worthy of it right um, it felt very much like to me um, the standalone limited that Ryan Soleil I keep saying Soleil but it's like Soul mm-hmm. did for Princess Leia which was a great story but it came in such a space that you're talking about the comics yeah the comics sorry sorry there was a princess there's a limited. A limited run of comics <laughs> called Princess Leia that Ryan Soleil did, um, or Soul, whichever way you pronounce it. And it was a wonderful, beautiful story, but it takes place right after the destruction of Alderaan. Uh, and it's after episode one, so before episode two, she's traveling around around the galaxy looking for, she's decided to put herself on the sacred message to look for the rest of the people from Alderaan, bring them together and form a new Alderaan. Like You're it's a great about story. Episode five. Yes. Sorry. Did I say one? Yes. Gosh darn it. Five. <laughs> your, your Star Wars credibility is going down the. Tank, I was. My to... brain goes. New hope. It's new okay. hope. First, will you're, you're letting be people first. think there's a Leia series that people have been missing out on, and then now you're I over mean, here calling it one and two. It's okay. There's no Star Wars in the title, so they're not listening to us this episode. It's fine. It's, it's very true. It's very <laughs> true. <laughs> but so it was a great story, but it was kind of like, oh, this is a footnote. That's nice, and it felt to me. That what they did with Black Widow in the way that they continually pushed it back, demanded that they were getting a theatrical release, didn't release this on time, took forever to get to it. It just, it, oh, that's that's nice. But I have to, again, rearranging my sacred timeline to make sure that I can watch this appropriately. Or having somebody that's seen, about to see the Marvel movies, have it organized in such a way that they can better grasp and understand the sacrifice at the end of Endgame. 
and then, like, then pause before you get to the end credit scene and then play that end credit scene after you've seen Endgame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is like, it's, it's a lot of work. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Eddie, your turn. I'll lean back I, now. I mean, you, you you said all my words. I mean, essentially, <laughs> so, um, the biggest thing the biggest thing that Black Widow does, unfortunately, is further the 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 mindset that Marvel doesn't value its female superheroes all day, um, day. because or just female characters in general. Um, because if you take a look at this entire year thus far with Marvel. There's been a heavy emphasis on female characters, whether if it was in uh, WandaVision, it being focused around Wanda, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier with Sharon Carter, um, and especially with Loki, where we'll talk about in a little bit. There's a heavy emphasis on female characters in this season where it seemed like it was kind of orchestrated to be like, okay, female empowerment, female empowerment, female empowerment. We're going to make it seem that you know people are going to say, oh, they're... They're not against their female characters. And unfortunately, as, as much as they probably meant well, the, the truth is this movie is about five years too late. Um, because as good as it is, and it is a good movie, it fits more so five, six years ago than it does now. The, the, the desire to have one has outweighed the need for where it should have been. It's like scratching a niche that has already been scratched so much that it's it's gangrenous and infected. And if you scratch anymore, you're going to do more damage. We're at that point with this movie, and I'm pretty sure they're going to find another way to do it with another character, maybe a Gamora movie. They're going to do something unique that is after the fact. Um, and the truth of the matter is, like I said, I'm not a big Black Widow fan. Um, I can respect the character. I do respect the character, and I respect her impact on the world around us with many people, men and women alike, uh, who find, you know, inspiration and encouragement within this character. Uh, The sad thing, though, is that they are the ones who are the heavy, more heavily impacted by the fact that this movie should have been done right after Civil War. War. Um, The movie is good. There's a lot of great elements in it. But... That is unfortunately the loudest thing that speaks out when I think of this movie. After watching it, the loudest thing that speaks out is this character deserved better. They killed her twice, essentially. Um, they they gave a a moment for Natasha Romanoff to be alive again, only to remind us that she's dead. Um, and there's there's a lot of rumors about the end credit scene, and and I'm pretty sure we'll talk about that later. But the fact remains is that you are giving to so many of your fans who invest in you every year uh, to see the films, to get the opportunities. I mean, after we got that scene in Civil, uh, in Age of Ultron where we got that glimpse of the Red Room, that should have been the immediate, like, PR-wise, marketing-wise. Mm-hmm. That, should have begin, that should have began the marketing campaign to start creating that standalone film. Um, if there wasn't an interest before that, there definitely was after that scene. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I don't know what the thought process was with the creators. I don't know what the thought process was with the producers. All I know is, is that this movie is is a movie that is out of its time. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Uh, random note. Anyone have any issues with Taskmaster? Several. 
I knew she was a woman <laughs> from the jump. And this yeah. is, so to, to not say women's intuition, more, by the way. No, it wasn't <laughs> woman's intuition. So um, going into this, if anybody hasn't been able to tell, I usually try to go in as either super oblivious or vaguely aware of things. Mm-hmm. So more the first than the second. That's okay. Thanks. <laughs> so there was moments in the suit where whoever was the body double for Taskmaster, there was the woman trying to impersonate a male walk, which. All of us girls have done it because we're it's it's just trying to create and build a bigger presence mm-hmm. and you can see it and you can kind of assess it. And then later on, you see that there's a male in the suit and then there's an, another female in the suit. Um, but also the stakes were never really there for Taskmaster. Um, it was Dreykov was the bigger the bigger villain, yeah. which the the deployment of more widows would have been like a little more again we're talking about phase two phase three that this should have been put in mm-hmm. because it carried in some spaces a very winter soldier-esque type of vibe mm-hmm. when with the initial initial um spoiler the initial infiltration at the budapest uh mm-hmm. safe house which i'm glad we have a backstory now between her and clint and avengers yeah when they're talking yep. about budapest <laughs> It, well, and see, that's some, again, those are all these little inside things that now looking back, when everyone's like, hindsight is twenty twenty. If we had had this in the right space, we could have been like, oh, dear, oh, like how you <laughs> yeah. get, it's, it's a thing. It's mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio in the like, chair. Like, like, <laughs> like that scene, like that scene when, when Alexia is talking to Elena and <laughs> Natasha and he says that line, you know, your ledgers must be dripping gushing in the red, gushing in red. And it's like, oh, oh, that's a that's a callback to the Avengers movie mm-hmm. when she says, "I got red in my ledger." Red in my ledger. Now, the fact that the, us three here are are movie buffs and we know these films, we're comic book people, we know that line because we just were invested in these movies. Those people who are still tiptoeing whether or not if they're in or out in these types of films, you see that line and they're like, ah, okay, and then you're like, no, 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 you don't get it. It's from the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one with Loki, right? That one scene. You know, people are going to be more remembering the Loki aspect of that scene rather than her talking about her ledger having read it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, And then they also, with um, with the Dave Harbour as... It's Dave, not David, right? I work with a David, so my brain's... It is David. It's David. So, David Harbour. Sorry. I was like, before Sorry, you work sir. with a David, you have be, one on this well, show. Well, Sheriff know. Hopper... Russian Sheriff Hopper. There we go. Um, Again, from a marketing perspective, this came out at the wrong time. He was, he was Russian Hopper. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was, he was a little more turned on fun, turned on like living in that ego-centered, like, I'm still important. Mm -hmm. All the fun parts of Hopper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was all the fun parts of Hopper that we got to see in Stranger Things. And really, this this would have been a better vehicle, especially for him too. Like a better vehicle if it was placed more correctly in the in the MCU cinematic timeline. Um and it's it's just disheartening. Also, uh Yelena is absolutely hilarious. Like she is the so kid good. sister you want. So good. There's so many quips. 
one-liners shouldn't like oh this would be a good this is a good way to die the oh, whole conversation so about her and her vest is money it is nice like, just money. I knew it's you cool, like my vest it? it's I got all you. these pockets and you could put some, you don't even know what's in this thing it's like okay so I made some modifications myself so good like it's 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 so well it's so well done and she does such an amazing job they put on each other so well yeah mm-hmm. and it's the they carry each other in this once they decide to have that truce, it's just they're sisters who haven't seen each other forever. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we got to go get mom. Okay, well, I guess we got to go get dad. Like, can you drive better? No, I can't drive better. I got to work on some things. Like, <laughs> Don't it, you have a plan? I have a plan. It's a shit plan. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was so much, there was so much hope for this movie. It's just, they got done dirty. Like just well, and just just, just to comment really quick on the Elena thing, she's she's a really integral part of this film. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, a lot of the scenes had it just been Natasha and Alexi and Melina. I don't know if they would have had a lot of those fun kind of off kilter kind of comments that really kind anything. of break the tension. Exactly, like things like that really kind of brought the conversation, brought the scenes to a more like okay. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. breaking the tension, breaking mm-hmm. the moment to to create a comedic, a sense of comedic relief that she was only able to do. So, uh, kudos to the actress, like big time. That role mm-hmm. earnestly Force made view. this movie. Well, it's also that the, much more the, fun. For the moment for her, which there are so many callbacks, even within itself, it, it recognizes and calls back to sequences earlier in the movie. So when we find out they're initially undercover and they're a family uh-huh. and they have their dining room table. And then finally, when they have their reunion or getting the family back together, it's the same dining room table mm-hmm. and they're eating out of the Tupperware, the same food that they were eating at the mm-hmm. beginning. And that she has this very pivotal moment where Natasha's like, well, it was fake. It was fake. We were never really a family. And she breaks <clears> down <throat> and she says, don't tell me the best part of my life was fake. Mm-hmm. And that she is held on to that. And she carries such great gravitational just weight to the entire thing that it might have been fake. Natasha's written it off as fake because she doesn't want to accept that that mm-hmm. was some of the best times of her life, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when people, the people that she was certain loved her, didn't love her. But that it carries over so well. And then it creates this just weirdly like, I'm telling you a story. There's a point to it. And it's about someone peeing on my hands like <laughs> it did it did such a great turn you're in this 33 degrees celsius <laughs> i fell in the river and he and he made water on my hands and i'm just like but that that also just like i said not to sound like a broken record but that speaks to the uncanny ability of this actress in this film to not only direct how the emotional flow of this film works but she's also the linchpin in terms of what makes the scenes push forward mm-hmm. gives it drive because essentially let's you know just to kind of state the obvious in the film she's the one who kind of kicks this whole thing off mm-hmm. um and so you could almost say as much as it's a black widow movie this is very much an elena story mm-hmm. and then right down to what i thought was a really well done emotionally was her at at uh, natasha's gravesite just the the stance the head bop the 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 the, the mm-hmm. uh Forehead touch they would do with each other. She does with the headstone, does the whistle. That was all beautifully done. Uh, One thing I'll say about Taskmaster, um, I'm expecting, since Kevin 
Feige? Feige? We always yes. forget how to say his name. Which way is it? Kevin Feige. 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 Farge? Farger? That's, Farge. that's the yogurt. Father. Father. <laughs> um, they, there's that special room at, at, at Disney slash Marvel Studios where they have everything planned out to like, I don't know, phase 20 maybe. And I'm thinking like they have specific villains that they're going to give full focus to. That are, that are going to get the Thanos treatment, the mm. Kang treatment. And there's other villains that who I think in their mind, when it comes to their MCU story, they're like, nah, it's a we don't need to focus that much on this character right now. Mickey mm. Rourke's Iron Man 2 uh, uh villain. Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash. Whiplash, thank you. We there's certain villains they're gonna use that are just gonna be sick, uh, you know, tertiary bad guys just to fill in the story. Like for this, our main bad guy wasn't Taskmaster, it was Dracov. So mm-hmm. in their minds, like are we going to follow the Taskmaster comic story to a T? No. We're going to have it fit the Draco Dracov story. So that's why Taskmaster is different. So I guess in some cases, I don't get as upset or annoyed by the Taskmaster changes because in my mind, it's like Taskmaster, is this isn't going to be his timeline. If you like Taskmaster, mm-hmm. go enjoy the comics. In the MCU, it's not his show. He's just a pawn and what Feige and them consider to be the greater villains, Thanos, Kang, uh, what will eventually be a better uh, Mandarin with Shang-Chi, all that. that. So I'm like, when I I got the Taskmaster was changed, I'm like, eh, this Taskmaster did its part because they are part of the Dracov Natasha story. It's not the same to me like when they destroyed Bane in Batman and Robin when he's just a dumb idiot going, boom. I'm like, okay, okay, that was just ridiculous. Okay, you just made yeah. an idiot, and Christopher Nolan had to correct your mistake with his bane. Um, but that's why I guess I wasn't as upset about Taskmaster. I understood the critiques, but I'm like, eh. if he was supposed he, to be the main villain, okay, I'd understand. But he's Taskmaster isn't. It's 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 the Dracov's daughter in this case, and it fits that story better. And you got King and you got Thanos. Yeah. Don't worry about Taskmaster. That's kind of here's, here's a question I have for you guys, since mm-hmm. you guys are the comic book gurus and I'm the film guru. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tony Masters exists in this MCU? Do you think there is room, much like we've seen with your beloved Iron Man 3, mm. with the Mandarin, <laughs> yes. do you believe that there is an opportunity for there to actually be a real Taskmaster? Whether or not if it's a illegitimate son of Drakov that they make that connection or it's someone else who mm-hmm. takes on the mantle or, or whatever it may be. He, Do you guys feel like there's there's one in this universe? In in the case of Mandarin, uh, the way I play that off is it was never the real Mandarin. The real Mandarin's out there. This was some rich white guy's idea to make money, Guy Pierce's character. And mm-hmm. what he does is take, okay, there's a Mandarin out there. I'm going to use the Mandarin name and make my version of the Mandarin. And that's why we get mm. the Ben Kingsley fake Mandarin. So in my opinion, like with that, the Mandarin exists. It's just mm-hmm. we haven't seen the Mandarin yet. The one you saw in Iron Man 3 wasn't the real Mandarin. When Guy Pierce says, I'm the Mandarin, he doesn't mean he's the actual Mandarin. He means I'm the guy in charge is what I – that's yeah. how I took his line. With Taskmaster, I think there's a way you can either do a taking the mantle or – Again, going the same route where it was just Dracov has seen this name Taskmaster before and decided to mm-hmm. use it for his daughter in a different method. I think there's still ways to do that. So, yeah, I think there's a chance that the real 
Taskmaster can exist in this MCU. It's just not his time yet. Mm. And, but I can see you, Amy. Well, and I, I actually kind of agree on that line um, with the Azorian one, simply because Masters is... So Masters is supposed to be a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, too. Um, with the shakeup, however, and whatever phase we get to where it is Secret Wars, Secret Empire, um, Secret Invasion, everything's a secret. Mm-hmm. Everything's a secret. <laughs> Everything a secret. Um, if Secret Invasion, hush, hush. we mm-hmm. have space to groom or to hide within the shadows a Anthony, Tony Masters. Um, to come back out and do whatever they choose to do for a taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, this this seemed more as a way to kind of try to do some of that redemptive arc for Natasha too, um, to give her the space to to much like Bucky to cross it off the list in in his book, but for her. Um, that the person she was certain she had to kill to get out of, you know, out of Drekov's clutches um, was the little girl. And then having the chance to redeem her and then also having the opportunity to help redeem the rest of the widows. Mm-hmm. And it, it still gives space that somewhere in the MCU, Tony Masters exists. Um, and whether or not it is a pass off of, the widows now start working, you know, start suddenly working for Shield, or mm-hmm. the suit falls into other hands. Mm-hmm. There's still possibility for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't, I can't mark anything off, like cross it off and go. Okay, we've done it. Cross, cross. We're good. Like that's the crisscross. That's marking off the vulture from um, Spider-Man simply because Mr. Keaton came in and gave us vulture. Like you can't count anything out. This is the only person that stays dead in the MCU is his Uncle Ben. His Uncle Ben, because Bucky came back. So it's it's a toss up, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't put anything past the team at Marvel because they will they like to shock and awe us quite a bit. And I'm telling even you, when, there's even the room. when it's bad, there's the room <laughs> with just Phase Twenty planned out, just all all that there, and you can't get in that room. You can't get in the room unless you say the magic word. And we don't know what it is. It's, it's probably something like Fidelio or whatever. No one? Eyes he made an eyes wide shot. There him. he is. There's the film guy. There he is. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do some more sepia tones and everybody have your Venetian masks on because Tom Cruise is coming. How dare you critique my sepia tones and my Venetian masks. Anyway. As uh, you dare question what I do on Friday nights. Listen, next up in our <laughs> Marvel Studios Disney Plus Review Spectacular. We're going with the series that just finished up at the time of this recording about a week ago, right? Was it about a week ago? Two weeks ago? Yep. Almost two. Dead Brain. About two weeks ago. Dead Brain, two whatever. I have People course, are still talking about it, so hey. That's we true. all are still talking about it, and that, I think, is the sticking point of a great limited. You're right, and I am talking, of course, about Loki, the series on Disney Plus that we all enjoy, the six-episode series um, that was quite... Quite a mind-bending, time-altering joyride. Uh, those of you uh, looking for the synopsis, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Uh, Loki, basically, we f- pick up with Loki from 2012, the one who got away with the Tesseract, um, who's now trying to jump through timelines 
and ends up being captured by the TVA. Which I'm trying to remember how these time variance authority. Thank you. I also Television Association of No, that's not it. Um, (laughs) That works too. And we find out that Loki has committed a crime where he's basically creating an alternate timeline, and the TVA's job is, of course, to stop that from happening by pruning the branches. Mm-hmm. And you are then, of course, uh, sentenced to being pruned, which means it's basically, we think at this time, killing you, your variant. Uh, but he is taken into the wing by Mobius, played by, wow, 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 wow. Owen Wilson, wow. who I don't think said wow once in this he series. He said how. He said how. That's, That's what it was. There was the the oldest of the youngest crusaders was like, did you say wow? Do you say ka-chow? I was waiting no, for said, it. How? There's a the great meme of episode five of him driving the pizza delivery car, and it's him saying, ka-chow. And then they put mm. they put the car in. So good. Anyway, um, Mobius needs Loki's help in finding a variant that is causing issues in the timeline, which we're told is is Loki himself. Uh we Go through these episodes. We find out that the Loki variant is called Sylvie, uh, a, a lady. And she, of course, is trying to bring down the TVA and the, the uh, oh, God, the time gods. Oh, my God. What am I saying? Timekeepers. Timekeepers. Time uh, I like stories and remember names well. Yeah. Uh, so good. So, so good. good. Tony Stark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brody. Peace in our time. Peace Brody, in our time. Tony Stark, <laughs> Steve Rogers, Stan Wilson. Okay. Um, Stan Pop- Wilson? Stan Wilson. Yeah, Stan. Yeah. Yeah. Stan Wilson. There it's you go. Sam Wilson's father. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hello. It makes sense. Yeah. Tony Stank. Um, <laughs> Tony Stank. <laughs> you got a package for Tony Stank? I, I had the, you know, the human characters down, the celestial characters. I'm still trying to remember. Anyway. Um, Adventure ensues, and we finally get to the final episode where we meet the timekeeper, where we all got shocked and surprised by someone we thought who was going to appear in Ant-Man 3, and surprises all of us by appearing in Loki, and that is, I'm going to wait a few seconds for those of you who haven't watched Loki yet, Kang the Conqueror, played beautifully by Jonathan Majors of Lovecraft Country fame. Um, and the last black man in San Francisco. And the last black man in San Francisco. Thank you. Um, phenomenally done. We find out uh, as Loki and Sylvie decide what they want to do. That if they Kang gives them an offer of if you let me live and stay or stay here, you guys can help control the TVA and help me keep everything in order. But if you kill me, you're gonna make everything branch out, and you might get a worse version of me. Mm-hmm. And we go in from there. Um, yep. So, first things first, uh, what we loved. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. I mean, the guy is more comfortable than ever now playing Loki. And from the first moments at TVA, when, just, when he's being asked to sign the paperwork, this is absurd. And, this, this, <laughs> and uh, the number of hair flips he's had in this series, how many times he's done that? I think there was a rundown of like 20 or 30 hair flips he did in the entire series. Of just every this, one of them deserved. Yeah, he had them. this magnificent way of just. Yeah, just, it, was, it was so well done. I am a god. <laughs> I, I thought him and Owen Wilson were so good together. Um, it, it was a good partnership. Uh, the, mm-hmm. whole, the whole the whole part 
about how he wouldn't betray Mobius. And Mobius says, you you literally, all you do is betray people. And then that's the pause of, I'll never do it again. Well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's such a great juxtaposition of those particular actors because you have somebody who is classically trained, somebody who has played Hamlet. Mm-hmm. If you watch the uh, Marvels of Assembled uh, uh, documentary mm-hmm. on the making of the series, you you find out you know Tom Hiddleston is classically trained. He is a English actor. He has this sense of you know class and posh that just make him like almost like an uh, you know outstanding gentleman kind of thing. He chased down Kong somebody, too, exactly. <laughs> and then you have somebody like Owen Wilson, who wow. has made a career of wow. saying wow, wow, you know. And it's it's lock it up. He told you to lock it up. Uh, he tells you ka chow. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he, models, he models. You know, all, all these things he does. He He's a, he's a mercenary for hire. He, he uh, whittled a nice little uh, wedding ceremony uh, area and, and, meet, and meet the parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you bring him in with somebody like that, and you know that there's going to be a, a magical sense of chemistry there because of these two types of characters. Mm-hmm. And when they're on screen together... You would think, okay, two worlds collide. It's going to be kind of chaotic, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's like, it it is exactly that. It's magic. It it, it works on such a level where the the earnestness of Owen Wilson and the breaking down of this uh, this majestic self you know self absorbed god of mischief. you have the makings of something that just really creates magic on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do have to say, like the way going back to Jonathan Majors, Jonathan Majors is just an amazing actor. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I've I've fallen in love with this man since the first time I saw him in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uh, he is he is an incredible actor, and then seeing his range from uh, episodes here and there with Lovecraft Country, and then seeing him in this role. It's like we saw the somewhat at this point the full spectrum of Jonathan Majors from being this quiet, shy, super introverted uh, um, young man in San Francisco to this this god outside of time who just is going to tell it like it is, and he doesn't have he doesn't have to worry about not being honest because he's just going to be real mm-hmm. because there's no consequence up till a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fact that he has herald the idea of a worse version of himself really perks the ears in terms of okay what's that gonna look like mm-hmm. you know how are we going to see that you know worse version of, are you the you next know, thanos <laughs> exactly are you worse than Thanos? Mm-hmm. are you somebody who you know you had the mad titan now we have the mad time lord i mean you, you have somebody who is completely outside himself doing what he thinks is best and has the powers to reshape time. Um, another awesome performer in this film that I really had to give credit to was uh, Gugu Mbothra as Ravona Renslayer. You know, you have somebody who is another English actress whom did, uh, I first saw her in the third uh, Cloverfield film, uh, Cloverfield Paradox or something to that effect. Nice. Um and seeing her in that was good, but seeing her in this one really kind of lent itself to the possibilities of what we're going to see with this particular character because Ravona has a huge history in the comics. And there, there are so many 
avenues at the end of this series that could allow her to lead into any one of those. Um, there, it, there wasn't any hint as what we know of in the comics of the relationship between the two. However, that's not off the table just yet because there's a whole new timeline, you know, and, and there's things that are, you know, happening that we aren't even aware, the retcons that are occurring that we're not even aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- this just, this whole uh, uh, series in itself has huge implications in the entire MCU. And the fact remains is that it was great. Mm-hmm. Like the whole experience was phenomenal. Amy, your thoughts on the God of Mischief in a series? So much like a wonderful limited, this series gave us the full span of everything I love about a good limited comic. Um, we know we're short on time and you're going, how are they going to wrap this up? How are they going to get to where they need to go? Because there's so much to explore. The cliffhanger at the end of the first episode, you're just like, like it was, con- <laughs> it was, you constantly felt like you're like, I ha- I have to wait, which I love that Disney took that opportunity instead of just releasing it all and having it available for full binge. Mm-hmm. They're forcing people back to, we all did it. 90s, mm-hmm. you had to wait. It was wait. a week. You, yep. you had to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even up to the early 2000s before Netflix came about, I mean, you you had that, you had to have that patience because, I mean, just like when movies dropped on Blockbuster, you had to wait till Friday to go pick it up. <laughs> and that was if he was even, it was, it was even available. Get there because and the box else? is taken. <laughs> exactly. Can and you then you're just ex- like, do you, can you check the return? Can, can you, can you, can you put the... a hold on, on this movie for you me? You sure you can't check the box? I, mean, I think someone might have dropped something off. I something dropped off. it off. Sorry, the first on the way out. Uh, can, can you check the box one more time? One more time I really please. need to I just saw someone drop it. I think I saw someone drop it in there. Hovering, waiting for people. What are you dropping off? What are you dropping up? I already saw that. Shit. Yeah. And... And it it is such a this this limited was such a delight that left people guessing all the way up until the end, mm-hmm. all the way where we're where we're thinking, ooh, could this be could this be them? Um, the fact that if also if you're listening to this and you have not seen this, sorry, we're gonna be we already yeah, spoiled we, half we spoil, of it, yeah. so surprise. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna um, say that's that's already long gone. Me, <laughs> uh, that the the twist on he who remains, mm. which. People are like, I was going for a Mortis. I was going for a variation of Kang. And then for them to flip that on his head and it's still to be him, but it's he who remains was so great. I was like, this, this is not was... Ant-Man 3. What is Jonathan Majors doing here? Hold on a second. <laughs> I, I loved how this, this carried such a great space for Jonathan Majors as a whimsical, dangerous overlord and, or time lord, if we're gonna call him a time lord, mm-hmm. even though we're we're now crossing things, um, <laughs> that he balanced very much what Loki was when we first kind of start meeting Loki, where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. Um, and it was so well acted. And then uh, Sophia, what is it, Sophia D. Martino? Martino, um, she is a knockout like knock down drag out amazing actress um considering that she was also the costume designer actually made it so her suit she was able to um continue to pump because she's a mom yeah so she had easy access to get mm-hmm. in and out of her costume she did a lot of her own fighting and her and the stunts the work that was put in um and the acknowledgement also from 
um, I do not remember the the main director Kate's last Kate, name. Uh, Heron. Yeah. Or that that she came in. They acknowledged that, and they wanted to address that Loki has played both genders, regardless. Mm-hmm. Not only establishing that and a Loki horse. is true. <laughs> very true. That Loki is gender fluid, but also that in establishing Sylvie as Enchantress was tapping into not just Enchantress in the comic books, who is the daughter of Loki at one point, an acolyte of Loki, a piece of Loki, that they wanted to pull in some of that Lady Loki magic that comes with it. And it gave her such space to run where it was an acknowledgement of, yes, I'm a Loki, but I'm not you. And that was something that kept coming across repeatedly. The The humor from Tom Hiddleston in this was so properly British with such an American twist. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just enough. It was just cheeky enough. It was... Every moment, it felt well-acted, genuine, and in in juxtaposition to Black Widow, mm-hmm. it felt... It felt more phase four, mm-hmm. like more end of phase, go full phase four than Black Widow did. And so it's just, it was, it was exciting to see. And Loki's not my favorite character by any stretch. I've known like Loki's always up to something mm-hmm. like, it's like, oh, Loki. Um, but being able to see the continual growth, being able to see the realization that there's something bigger out there than the aspirations of one prince of Asgard. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's some, it, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to say this in the most polite way. It is not my first favorite Marvel show. Like for, for cinema, cinematography for across the board, but it is a very close second. And yeah, I'm, I'm hip to this. I'm ready <laughs> I'm ready for the seat. They plugged that. <laughs> we're season two. Season two and we're yeah, like, it's the first one to get season two. Yeah. Which season two will debut before Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Mm-hmm. So. Dum, dum, dum. I, with Sophie DiMartino, I felt like there was like, I don't know if it was the way she acted. There was a youthfulness to her character. Like, yes. I felt like at times, like she, she embodied like a teenager at times, like the way she acted. Uh, really well done. Also, I forgot other Lovecraft alumni in this series was uh, Wunmi M- uh, Mosaku, who was Hunter B fifteen. Uh, she was also, also in Lovecraft. St- she was also in uh, Black Mirror. Yes, yes, she was. Um, and I, the series left. I, I all three of these series: WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki in different levels had these moments where you're like, what the fuck is, what? What the hell's happening? When, when we, when our first episode of WandaVision, like this, this, they really went a 50s episode, this entire episode. Okay. All right. And we want to get that little glimpse when we see vision finally start to use his, his abilities. I'm like, okay, okay. Gonna keep going. Falcon winter soldier. Sam gives up the shield. They give it to John Walker. And that's how the first episode ends. Like what the what? And then <laughs> and then Loki just upped it even more with like, okay, now we're just messing with time. Now everything that's happening, our Avenger world that we are so used to is only one little part of this entire timeline that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved 
So Jonathan Majors, his entire uh, finale of that episode, the way the camera work was on that scene, on that in that part where when the camera's on him and you're over the shoulders of Loki and Sylvie and the camera slowly moves in on him, yeah. then slowly backs up and it just stays in the entire time. So well done. And the moment when he starts to realize that things are occurring where he doesn't see the future anymore. Just mm-hmm. the way Major's face played that, like, just, and it wasn't like, there wasn't an overabundance of talking, there wasn't any cut in the film, camera stayed on him, and just him looking around, sensing it, there's a change. It gave me, like, an eerie chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, ga- it gave me a moment, like, okay, whoa, he doesn't know what's coming up next. What the hell is happening right now? He doesn't even know what's going yeah. on. And it, it was so well done the way they filmed it. Perfectly executed. Um, I also love that there's a lot going on a TikTok and uh, social media right now with timing that moment with the moment where Wanda defeats Agatha, mm-hmm. and when he drops that ball, it's the same moment that Agatha hits the ground. And we're like, I saw that, I'm like, oh, oh, there yeah. it is. There's there, there's the Wanda and Loki connection right there, uh, and of course all the memes that have come up of how pissed off Doctor Strange is now. Uh, there's one animated one I saw where it's Doctor Strange coming through his ring, looking at them saying, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> and, the other, <laughs> and the other one is uh, Doctor Strange having to deal with Loki and, uh, Loki and Wanda's bullshit. And it's Ben Affleck when he's smoking and just, oh, just completely tired. But they put the Doctor Strange cape on him. So it's mm. just smoking. <laughs> but it's, it's made me even more excited about what's to come. With mm-hmm. the ending of it being, of course, Loki gets to experience betrayal for the first time in his life, uh, how it affected him, which, again, that was an amazing scene, just a slow pan on on Loki's face, just broken because Sylvie, Sylvie did do a betrayal yeah. there. Now he knows what it feels like. And she plunging her sword into he, th- uh, he who remains and him saying, see you soon. Like, oh, oh. That's when you're like, shit, she messed up. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no, he was right. He wasn't lying the whole time. And I'm excited now about what's to come. Like, Because we know coming up next is The Eternals, mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home, and eventually Doctor Strange and the, is it Multiverse of Madness? Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness. Multiverse We've of Madness. We've also Shang-Chi in there, too. And Shang-Chi in September. Uh, I don't know how he's, do, do we, I mean, he may play a part. We might see something at the end where, but it's just, I'm excited to see where the events of WandaVision and Loki take us into with this whole multiverse. Like there was a great boss logic artwork with it. I wish I wish it was real, but it's not. But I wish it was where it's Spider-Man and there's uh Doc Ox's uh arms circling around him and Spider-Man's looking around and he's hanging on to the Doctor Strange um his, his symbol on the top of the uh sanctum. So I'm like mm. Oh, if this was real, that'd be amazing. Uh, because I want, because there's a connection there from Infinity War, Doctor Strange and Spider Man. So it makes mm-hmm. sense for Peter to be in the vicinity of Doctor Strange. I'm yeah. just excited for where we're going with Phase Four. I'm excited because, you know, from Phase One to the end of Phase Three, we always knew it was going to be Tony, Steve, Thor, Banner, Natasha, Clint. We knew it'd always be those. We've reached a point where we've got a whole new team happening and we don't know what's coming next. We've finished the infinity saga. What's next? 
And I, I'm, I got that excitement going with these shows leading us into this multiverse. How do they play the multiverse? How exactly annoyed and pissed off will Doctor Strange be? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love where Loki took us with that. And I, uh, if there was anything I didn't like, it was that we didn't see Mobius on his uh, jet ski. Jet but ski. maybe yeah. season two. For sure, for sure. season two. Like, I think we also need to point out the profoundly heartbreaking and wonderfully played classic Loki by Richard E. Grant when we get to the void. He is absolutely, the the backstory he has and then the final, the final stand Mm -hmm. and what he manages to, to conjure, to create that illusion is so brilliant mm-hmm. and it's so wonderful that all of us are like, eh, he'll be back, right? Yeah, right, he'll, right. He'll, he'll be back. Well, and there's so many, there's so many theories around his demise, air quotes, demise, uh, within the 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 uh <laughs> the a friend of mine calls Marvel scientists that have discovered in the episodes when you break it down, um, how he's not exactly disintegrating, but he's actually like almost like flaring away he's he's almost like teleporting away while he's getting mm-hmm. consumed by Eliath. and so some people are saying well he didn't actually die you know for someone who has lasted as long as he has uh in you know in the universe that he's from uh, he, of course there's a strong possibility he made it out of there um which is what i think a lot of us are hoping mm-hmm. that richard cuz let's be honest richard e grant as old loki old man loki is money in the bank. He Ooh. is absolutely perfect for the role. Old man Loki. His laughter, like his mind. Old man Loki. Yes, old man Loki. It's the next comic <laughs> book series. There you go. Old man Loki. I mean, that's the 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 wonderful shout out to Kid Loki, the um President Loki which was a limited run and then we get that fracking alligator Loki. I was going to say the alligator, which, right? The alligator alligator Loki was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um in in the documentary assembled, they actually talk about, and Tom Hiddleston talks about it, that he's a literal, he looks like a bunch of blue tube socks that have been like sewn together and yeah. then they put googly eyes on him. <laughs> and so the guy that's Kid Loki has to carry around a googly eyed like blue thing. That's great. And so he was saying, Tom Hiddleston was saying that they're like, yeah, we finished our, you know, they finished the scenes like, oh yeah, that feels really good. Feels really good. Okay, yeah, high fives. Okay, we're all done. We're all done. And they're like, wait, wait, we uh, wait, we have to, we have to shoot the alligator, <laughs> and somebody has to go get the tube sock get the creature <laughs> and the googly eyes and put it down so that they have it. <laughs> and I'm just like, it, it's, it's everybody's pet this this coming Christmas coming to a store near you. <laughs> alligator, alligator Loki. Is, speaking of alligator Loki, I mean, and this is mind you, one of them, but. The amount of Easter eggs in both this particular series, I don't recall as many in, or if any, in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but this one and WandaVision were so great. I mean, y- you, had, you had the Thanos copter. Mm-hmm. You had, you had uh, 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 what's his name? Throg? Uh, you had Throg, who was actually Simon. His real name was Simon, who was actually voiced by Chris Hemsworth. Yes, that's which is awesome. Um, all the little, all the little subtle, subtle hints throughout the those last few episodes with you know Mm -hmm. Kang Enterprises on the side of that uh, of that tower of Stark Tower. 
you know, you see a glimpse of the Sanctus Sanctorum. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see all these things there from different timelines, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, all the other things that you see throughout the whole series itself, um, it, it's just, it's, it's a really great love letter, if you will, to all the fans to remember that you have fans on both sides of this coin. You have fans who are, you know, hardcore like us. We're, we're the Marvel scientists. We look at every single frame of these things. And then you have the people who just love it. Mm-hmm. And they become more and more invested when they see things like, like, oh, my God, there was a frog Thor at one point in time. <laughs> or is there actually an alligator Loki in, in the comics? Or, you know, wh- what does kid Loki look like? You know, Depending and, upon and, which version. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. the male or the female? Mm-hmm. And in President Loki, does he actually look like that? Does he actually win? Like... There is, I, I agree, there, there is love letters to Marvel fans everywhere in these series, without a doubt. And it's a, we see you, we recognize you, and we're listening, mm-hmm. even in the little things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, I don't know what episode it was, Steve's, when we had that Thor talk, but I, I had voted for Throg many moons ago. <laughs> and now he is, now he is MCU canon. Mm-hmm. I'd like, I just like to acknowledge that Simon, poor blessed Simon, Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> yeah. There's, no, there's uh, a lot that that's that we've seen in this series, and there's a lot that we're going to be seeing in more series to come. Um, I just I like I said, going back to kind of our conversation prior with the previous topic, I'm hoping that this is not just kind of like a one trick opportunity where it's just like, okay, we're gonna do this and then we're gonna move on to the next thing, you know, especially when it comes to highlighting the female. Uh, 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 aspects of this series, like we're getting female creators who are killing it mm-hmm. in this, you know, in in these series. You have people who are coming out of the woodwork to actually show showcase people like Natasha Romanoff and, and you know, uh, um, you know, female Loki, Sylvie. You know, people who are giving Wanda, who have now given the opportunity for Wanda to become the most powerful being mm-hmm. in ev- just about every universe. Um, this needs to continue mm-hmm. and we need to make sure that Marvel continues to create great opportunities to highlight the female icons of our comic book world, like Lady uh, <laughs> Lady Loki, Sylvie, Enchantress, Ravona Renslayer, you know, people like uh, Hunter B-15. I hope that's not the last of us seeing mm-hmm. her there. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even Miss Minutes. I mean, for God's <laughs> sakes. We need more Terra Strong in the in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. We need to take her away from DC. We just need to do it already. You know, she belongs <laughs> over here on this side. So on this side of the aisle. <laughs> so it's just there's there's a lot of great things happening in this season. I just hope it doesn't stay as just a season. No. I want to see it bloom and move forward into more than greater things. Well said. Well said. And uh, go at me. Oh, I was going to say. Well, and that also because Loki finished and officially became part of Phase Four. We have, um, for Multiverse of Madness, there's been leaks in very funny ways of characters that will be showing up in Multiverse of Madness that I'm very excited about Mm. that are very strong, powerful women. Mm -hmm. We've got Miss Marvel, who is still working on Mm -hmm. the rap for that uh, with Kamala Khan, which is going to be great. And then for Hawkeye, we're getting Kate Bishop. Yep. Um, So we're going to start seeing this turnover of these strong um, women— and they're young women, but it's that next generation of superheroes that are being female-led. Um, my Instagram and the story will probably die. Somebody had snapped a picture at Avengers Campus 
of something that happened to be in the Web Slingers uh, queue. And it's a collection of lockers. And the lockers are designed particularly for multiple different superheroes. And so to know for me as a comic book fan what this means and to see what's coming through for season, I almost said season four, for phase four, mm-hmm. um, I'm excited because this is another opportunity for me to show the next generation and us as crusader crusader parents um, and be able to go, you like this person or you you like this superset? Here's somebody that you can relate to. Here's somebody to start looking forward to. Drive it. It's that keep moving forward mentality that I hope Marvel continues to pursue until the end of its days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also we are also forgetting uh, someone else who's finally been introduced in the MCU. Um, uh, did, there was uh, Korg introduced Deadpool into the MCU via the free right. the free guy <laughs> trailer. Yeah, very <laughs> so true. That was the very easy way of introducing Deadpool by having Deadpool and. <laughs> just and those Korg. two on the and Korg, those two on the couch, just chatting, and it was again Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi voicing mm-hmm. Korg. It was fantastic. So, with that said, uh, that concludes episode one sixty nine, where we discuss and review the Disney Plus and Marvel Studios releases of Black Widow and Loki. It's been a fun, fun ride, huh? It's been, been fun. You guys have fun. Yeah. Huh? Exactly. It's been a long, long time. Yes, it has. <laughs> so, no, please, nobody say a family joke. <laughs> I would no. I, I got was friends. Up- I got family. You no. started it, Amy. No, is that a charger? Is that a charger? Nope. Nope. I, that, no, no, I was not making oh, any. Look, I was not hey, making any fast and furious. Are you? Are you driving next to me? Is that the eclipse? Yeah, that's good. Oh, now we part ways. Yeah, we part ways. I'm more of a Hobbs guy, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you hear he exited the the? Yeah, I'm man. gonna keep singing until yeah, the summer. I, I heard Vin Diesel run in his mouth, and the Rock said, "Ah." <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Good on him too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you don't need that kind of drama. Nope, don't need that so, anymore. That, that, you that, know, we got to throw in a little bit of Rock every. Don't now need and that then. under six foot drama coming from that guy. <laughs> I am under six feet. <laughs> so is Vin Diesel. Uh... <laughs> True. I have all my hair still. That's why I needed a box to stare down rock. Anyway, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I'm gonna get off my rock fanboy podium here. I am happy to have had both of you here for episode 169. Again, we send a shout out to our other crusaders, our Capitong, the great doctor, Dr. Barry, Dr. Barry, and of course, Manderson, son of Mander, Supermander, whatever Mander, all the Manders at one time. We send our shout outs to them. And Mandermore. We, Mandermore. Ma- man- Manderless. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> maybe a little dander. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. He's wonderful. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Um, thank you again for listening. I, of course, am the Azorian one, Anthony Steves. I almost blended Azorian one into Azoria one. What was? I have only been drinking water, I swear. The Azorian one. Anthony that would have been Steves. a great plug for that tequila. Right? Azoria one. <laughs> <laughs> I am joined by my fellow crusader, Miss. Amy. <laughs> you can <laughs> I think I don't you have, forgot her name there. I don't have anything quippy because most people call me Amelia and I, I still kind of like that. That's that's Amelia. kind of to you know, timey wimey, you know. I mean, there's no fish there's, sticks and custard. <laughs> Yes, magic powers. They're no good here in the TVA. <laughs> and I'm stuck here. But you, down at 
the bottom of my screen, I Me guess. Me too. Me too. I am Philosopher Eddie. Uh, you can catch us on any streaming platform over at Philosophers. Uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere you can find podcast streaming. You can find us there. Also, check us out on the socials at facebook.com forward slash philosophers and on Twitter and Instagram at philosophy 101 Yeah, this was great. Uh, I'm glad you guys were able to bring me back uh, talking about Black Widow and Loki and, and essentially just the trajectory of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. So Thank you for great. joining us, Eddie. Thank you very much. And those of you listening, please, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please remember to like subscribe, and leave us a review, especially if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app. Let us know what you think. Hopefully it's four stars or higher. If it's not, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> and of he's, course... He's officially said, I don't want to talk to you. I don't you. want to talk to you. And of course, you can follow us over on the capelesscrusaders.com and the NerdOn Nation at nerdon.tv. So, on behalf of the Capeless Crusaders and the Philosophers, I mm-hmm. am the Zorian One Anthony Steves telling you good night. Or good morning. Or that too. Whichever one. Bye.